This is the Simi Sarah Show On Demand. Subscribe now on iTunes. Listen to the show each weekday 10 to 2 on 980 CKNW and through the Radio Player app. Well, there has been a ruling from the B.C. Court of Appeal, and it deals with officers with the Vancouver Police Department and their cooperation or lack of cooperation with an investigation into a shooting death. It was a high-profile shooting death. It took place outside of a Canadian tire store in Vancouver. One man was killed. And if you remember the coverage of this shooting, there was a lot of video taken from people nearby on their phones and a lot of witness accounts. Well, the Independent Investigations Office was called in to investigate because it was a police-involved shooting. However, there were some issues when officers were asked to appear for compulsory interviews and for officers to give their side of the story. Well, joining me to talk a bit more about this is Simon Little. He is a Global BC online reporter and has been writing a about this. Simon, thanks so much for being with us. Uh, no problem, Joe. Uh, what are some of the, the points of the case as far as what the court was looking at? Yeah, okay. Uh, so, I mean, it's important to, to specify at the beginning that this case all surrounded what are called witness officers versus subject officers. So the subject officers are the officers who are being looked at uh, for their potential role in the death, whereas the witness officers were ones who were present and uh, but not being investigated. Uh, so in this case, the issue was the witness officers uh, did not want to go and be interviewed by the IIO uh, until they had the opportunity to review certain materials. So that included... Um, uh, computerized dispatch reports from the day of the incident, um, audio recordings or transcripts uh, of from the scene or radio, uh, and uh, video recordings as well. Uh, and essentially, the officers were basically saying, "Look, we want this to be. We want to give the most truthful account of the uh, incident, uh, and we're worried that uh, if we misrepresent the way things happened because we remember incorrectly, uh, we could be, you know, um, targeted for that or or said to have been trying to cover for somebody or something like that." Oh. So. Oh, go ahead. Well, I was saying it's, it's, I get what, what they're saying, but at the, the flip mm-hmm. side of that, isn't the whole point of getting the witness officer accounts is the IIO, the investigating officers, they want to know what people remember seeing and hearing. They don't want them to be perhaps repeating what they saw in footage. Certainly, and, and that is the uh, argument that the IIO made uh, and that the courts uh, in the end agreed with. Uh, they basically... Uh, the IIO took the Vancouver police officers in question to court over this, um, arguing, look, you can't decide the terms on which you're going to be interviewed. Uh, that's our power. Uh, it did go to the BC Supreme Court, which ruled in favor of the IIO uh, last year, or I guess two years ago now. Uh, and uh, in following that, the officers actually did go be interviewed, uh, and um, the case was closed. Nobody was found to be at fault. But um, the officers and their their union representatives uh, appealed the ruling on the grounds of um, sort of the wider grounds of the order that the judge had made, which was that the IIO has the power to compel officers to uh, witness officers to be interviewed uh, on its own terms. uh, And that includes whether their counsel or their union representative is there uh, and what materials they can look at ahead of time uh, and the scheduling of those interviews. That's all in the hands of the IIO. So they, the the Supreme Court judge made that order. Uh, The officers appealed that to the top court. And now the top court has said, uh, no, we're sorry, but we're siding with the Supreme Court. Uh, these, all these decisions are in the hands of the IIO. Right. So I guess, I mean, they could, I suppose, try and take it to the Supreme Court of Canada, but it's unclear at this point, I would imagine, if that's even something they're thinking about. 
Actually, yeah, we did just get uh, correspondence back from the um, uh, representative for the officers who said they don't plan to appeal this up to the Supreme Court of Canada. So this is basically as far as this will go, it looks like. Uh, they basically said they're disappointed in the ruling, but uh, they did pick out their silver lining from the ruling, uh, from their side anyway, which said that, uh, you know, uh, in this case, uh, there was nothing, um, you know, uh, capricious or uh, overbearing about what the IIO was demanding. But if there was a case in which the IIO was being unreasonable in its demands, the officers may have uh, some grounds on which to complain. So, you know, in a if we see these two sides come to loggerheads again at some point, uh, and the officers in question feel like they have an argument being to make that the IO was being unreasonable in what it was demanding, uh, it is possible that uh, we could see this relitigated. Uh, absolutely, because this, while this case is one that went through the courts, there have been other examples of the two groups uh, maybe not seeing eye to eye when it comes to what role they're playing in these investigations. Yeah, well, and I mean, there was another case that was actually quite similar to this one, uh, another police-involved death that also involving the Vancouver police, um, the case of Miles Gray. Uh, and uh, that case is actually, uh, I my understanding is that a report has been forwarded to Crown Counsel for consideration of charges, no charges uh, at this point. But um, the family of, of Miles Gray has uh, sort of held up that, uh, you know, the unwillingness of officers in that case to uh, be interviewed has also delayed the whole process. It's been, I think, five years at least since um, the Miles died. Uh, and uh, we're still we're still at the point of pre-charge approval. So uh, the argument there from that family would be that, uh, you know, it, if the officers are not being quick to be interviewed, it can slow down the entire process. Uh, which I suppose really doesn't help anybody. And you mentioned the family of Miles Gray, uh, and they've talked about this in the past as well. They want answers, uh, and I think would certainly like to see this move forward. Yeah, and I mean, you'd think from all sides, everybody would want to see these cases conclose, uh, concluded quickly. Whether you're an officer who is, um, you know, being looked at by the IIO, whether you are, um, you know, potentially uh, culpable for an offense or not, uh, or whether you're somebody who has a connection to one of these cases as a family member, friend, or victim, uh, from everybody's point of view, it seems like it would be the best to get the uh, investigations wrapped up in sort of a prompt way uh, so everybody can go on with their lives. And uh, just to recap, then, this case, this particular case that we're talking about uh, that deals with the shooting outside the Canadian Tire, so at least through the courts, uh, we're done with the court challenges and the court part of this in that this final ruling uh, from the BC Court of Appeal, that's the ruling that's going to stick. Yeah, and it does uh, reinforce that lower court ruling that basically says, you know, these interviews are done on the IIO's terms, and that is a, 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 a basically a declaration from the courts that stands. All right, Simon Little, thank you so much. Oh, my pleasure.